Hello and welcome to the B2B Sales Playbook, brought to you by Lead Forensics. I'm your host, Joe Ducaro. In this podcast, I pick the brains of industry experts, innovators and sales leaders to draw up a series of playbooks for you to take away and run with. For this, the Becoming Your Own Sales Coach Playbook, I was joined by Tyler Witt, sales evangelist for Lead Forensics. I always enjoy getting Tyler's insight on pretty much any subject, but he's especially knowledgeable on figuring out exactly how to coach and motivate yourself in your sales career. There's loads of actionable advice from Mr. Witt here, so get ready to take notes. Please enjoy the B2B Sales Playbook on Becoming Your Own Sales Coach with Tyler Witt. I feel like you have a lot of expertise and a lot of things to offer our audience. So, my first question to you is... How can a salesperson identify areas where they need to improve and where they need to apply some self-coaching? Good question. First of all, thank you for the compliments. You're so kind to me, and I appreciate that, Joe. <laughs> Man, you asked a really good question to start off because I do think that's a challenge. Like, I think early in your career, right? So I was going to say, there's only a set of things that you, as a salesperson, your, you know, depending on sales process or whatever, but like your relationship, your discovery, your call prep, your ability to link, your ability to close. There's only like a, hand set, a handful of things, you know, that you should typically be looking for. And I think early in the process, there are clues, right? Just like success, right? Success leaves clues. There are clues to it. But early in your career, I do think it's hard. If it, I think if it's easy, then the world would need sales managers. And now there's a lot of people that argue the world doesn't need sales managers. So we're not going to have that debate on this call. <laughs> but it is that is a skill set, being able to recognize, right? So you can, number one, you can listen to your numbers, right? Where is your performance down? But uh, again, it's just such a great question to ask right away, Joe, because let's take cold calling. Let's say I'm cold calling. There's certain KPIs in cold calling, right? How many... DMs am I, am I speaking to in a day? That could have a massive impact because I'm not getting enough books. So how many DMs am I talking to? Well, are you making enough dials? What numbers are you calling? There's so many things that go into it. I actually think it can be hard sometimes early in a career to know mm. what do I look at to get the coaching? So it's a good question. But I think for me as a manager is one thing, but as an individual, I think it's really tricky. So right out the gate, as you say, as you start, it's going to be quite difficult because there are so many parameters you can measure and you can look at within yourself. But are you saying then it's about establishing effectively, to use a sort of boxing analogy, time in the ring to figure out exactly what your style is, what your strengths, what your weaknesses are before you then go, okay, now that I've got this sort of base level yeah. overview, that's when to focus in on what you need improvement with. Is that correct? Yeah, it's like anything. If I want to run a study, right? So if I want to have enough, as much data as humanly possible, the longer you do it, the more data you're going to have. And it, again, it will leave clues, right? If you're trying to book demos, I'm hitting the number of people I want to speak to in a day, but I'm not booking enough. Okay, that could be down to you're getting hung up on, could be your ability to close or value build somewhere within that pitch, right? But So I think sometimes like the symptom will jump right out at you. The symptoms like, oh, I'm not booking enough demos. Oh, my close rate is low. Oh, I'm not getting people to move from X stage to Y stage in my process. I think the symptom, that's pretty easy to see over a month or two. But the cause of it, right? It's like a doctor. It's look, it's easy to know I have a headache, but what's causing that headache? It takes years of medical training sometimes, right? Mm. It may just be a cold, right? Maybe you aren't booking enough appointments because you're not making enough calls. You don't need a medical degree for that. Like you got a head, you got a runny nose, you got sneezes, allergy season, you got a headache. Like, yeah, it's obvious. Sometimes it is that obvious. 
but sometimes it's certainly, and I think most of the time it's not. And I think for salespeople, that's what I mean by it could be very challenging to self-diagnose is you can, yes, recognize a symptom, but even in listening to the call or looking at numbers, it can be very hard to self-diagnose early mm. of what within that part is the, here's the symptom, what's the cause, if that makes a little better sense. Would you recommend chatting to colleagues, to leaders to say, hey, can we just have a chat about my performance where, you know, seeking expertise elsewhere? Is that a viable option, do you think? So the solution to that long term is going to be time under tension, right? If you want to get stronger at something, you got to expose it to more stressors. So in the sales environment, that's calls, that's speaking to people. If you're only listening to yourself, you're limited because you're only going to talk to X amount of people in a day. But you can 100% pull down colleagues' calls. Again, you can ask for their feedback on your calls. That's the cheat code for me. The cheat code early on is, hey, here's where I'm struggling. Can you listen to this call and tell me where you think you know, the issue is? Mm. That's probably the easiest. Again, kind of like going to a doctor. Hey, I've got this symptom. Can you give me a quick once over? Maybe here's what my thought is, but I just want your feedback. I want professional recommendations. So that'd be the cheat code. But yeah, I would be... If you want to, you want to expose yourself to as many calls as possible. So early, not just early, but throughout your sales career, listen to as many calls. And it's way easier to be highly subjective on yourself and objective with other people. So I can listen to Mm. calls. I'll hear maybe you're doing a bunch of calls and I hear you're booking a bunch of appointments. You're getting through gatekeepers, decision makers. You're doing all these wonderful things. And I hear that I'm not hitting those same numbers. But in your calls, I just start noticing like, hey, you're doing this. And it gives me maybe a yardstick to measure against in my own calls. So I think exposure to as many other calls as possible helps you gain that experience for sure. And again, if you are going to be listening to listening back to your own calls, I think you've got to get over the thing of not enjoying the sound of your own voice, much like podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> I hate the sound of my own voice. I, so here's probably the biggest thing I'll say is I... Uh, we'll create some controversy here, Joe. Let's have some fun. I actually am not the biggest believer in listening to your own calls because I do think it's hard to get past that. Again, for not for everybody, but for some people. So it's all advice. It, no single advice is applicable to everybody. But like me personally, I did well in sales, but I really never listened to calls. And I would do, I would hit my numbers this and the other. It wasn't until. I got a shot at being a team leader, which I failed at, and then went back into sales. But during that time, it exposed me to listen to other people's calls, which I had never really done before. That was the catalyst towards my real success as a sales pro. So mm. if you are that person, because again, there's, you're going to have a bias on your own calls, either like mine. I hate the sound of my voice. I have no <laughs> idea how you have me on this podcast. I just assume, you know, every, it is. It's that insecurity I have about the way I sound and speak and all that. Some people are the opposite. Some people think, oh, I sound great. They have a bias uh, towards that confidence, right? Or arrogance about the way they sound. That's going to muddy it. But if I listen to other people's calls, I can take that entire subjective psychological component out of it and I can just listen to the things that really matter. So then let's say once you've identified areas of improvement that you need to apply to yourself in terms of self-coaching, how can you then set a realistic and achievable goal for yourself? Let's say with cold calling, what are the parameters you're going to be measuring and checking yourself against for those? The beautiful thing about almost any goal setting that's done correctly is there is going to be some sort of measurability. It has to be measurable, right? So the same way if I wanted to 
say, lose 5, 10 kilos or something like that, right? I'm just going to measure it. So I'm going to set my goal. What do I want to do? I weigh X. I want to weigh Y. Great. That's the number I'm going for. And I'll do my research. I'll do my homework. I'll think, see the things that I need to do and then I'll measure it, right? And if I'm not trending towards it, I revisit, recalibrate, and then go after it again. And sales is the same thing. So again, we talked earlier, right? So there are symptoms. So you see a symptom, right? And usually for salespeople, it's it's glaringly obvious. Most salespeople, if somebody's going to be listening to this, it might be like, I'm behind my targets. I didn't hit my income goal. I don't have enough meetings in the calendar, right? It's usually a big thing for salespeople, especially early, right? It was for me, at least it was for me. It's like this big, oh yeah, it's obvious. So point being is, look, you see the number, right? Here's where I am. Here's where I'd like to be. Here's where I need to be, whatever it is. Just put that number, right? And then think about, all right, what are the things that impact that, right? I'm losing weight, it's diet and exercise, right? Proper amount of sleep, stress reduction, that kind of thing. In sales, it's going to be number of people you speak to, right? And then what's happening on the call, your follow-up organization. But yeah, just look at here's where I am. Here's where I want to be. And just like anything, measure it. And if it's moving in the right direction, you're doing something wrong or doing something right. If it's not, you might need to re retool a little bit. And that's when we've talked about earlier, you may need to bring in a secondary set of eyes, like a coach or a colleague or a manager to say, Hey, here's what I'm trying to get to. I'm not moving there. Can you help me out? Are there any other resources? So you mentioned bringing in a colleague or a coach to help you out a little bit. Are there any other sort of free resources that are available to help when coming up with a plan for self-coaching? The nice thing about sales is this. There are salespeople out there that are actively selling. And then there are salespeople out there that used to be selling. And now they're trying to sell you on hiring them to help you sell. And they have <laughs> videos. There are websites. There are podcast. In all reality, I think the more challenging thing is to know, I'm not going to go through it because I don't want to alienate anybody. I don't want us to sit on either side of this fence, but it is hard to know what is reputable, what isn't, what can be helpful. And that's like anything, like it, it takes time. But yeah, as terms of resources, my number one is YouTube. I'm a visual learner. It has this called, what's it called? It's called a search function, I think we call it. And if you type in there, how to speak to more decision makers, how to be a better closer in sales, how to run a better discovery in sales. It will just give you all types of content. The harder part is it's not finding the content, it's going through it and it'll take, you probably have to consume 20, 30 videos, 20, 30 sales books before you start realizing like that information I learned before, that's not quite right. This seems to be more applicable to what I do, et cetera. I think, yeah, you're absolutely right. To consume as much content about it as possible and just find what's common among all the every sort of video or podcast you listen to i certainly if for my money i'm very much a listening learner so like i listen yeah. basically all my knowledge comes from podcasts if i was looking to improve my sales performance i 100 percent would go through the top sales podcasts like the b2b sales playbook and just listen to as many podcasts in all the gaps in my day if i'm going to make a coffee it's five minutes on a podcast if i'm yeah. walking down the street to the shop if i'm driving to work whatever so that that would be what i would 100 percent be doing yeah and and to add to that, I, like a good one thing I just thought of you saying that is I, if I do read something or if I'm believe, let's say I'm working on a better discoveries and I come up with some questions or whatever, I'll then go back and I'll, I'll do some homework to check, like, does this align with some of the other things people are saying about it as well? And that's a great way to just, cause there's so, there, there are just so many resources out there. I think the bigger thing is, is leveraging them, which is kind of the point of this is like, you know, coaching yourself. The biggest thing for salespeople is 
they go into this profession. This is this thought that wakes me up in the middle of the night in a cold sweat is that every other profession out there has credentials. So I think about this lawyer that shows up and says, Joe, my name's Tyler. I want to work at your law firm. I did not go to law school. I do not have a law degree. In fact, right, I've never tried a case in my life. I've never done an open court, never done it behind, behind this, never cracked a law book or whatever, but I really want to. So here's my ask. I need you to hire me. I need you to pay me six plus figures. I need you to train me on law. I need you to provide me with the clients. Um, does that sound fair? Can, you know, can we get this started or, or a doctor or an accountant or you name a profession? Sales is the one career where that's literally what happens. <laughs> literally, that is what happens. And so the big line in the sand, is it a career or is it a job? Are you an employee or are you a professional? If you do what I just described, you're an employee. Your wages are always going to be capped. Your hours are going to be set for you. It's all the negative things you hear about sales, right? Mm -hmm. 70, 80% of people in sales just don't earn the income. If you become a professional, if you coach yourself, if you go out and you don't rely on your company's training and leads and all that, and you go do that by yourself, you become that professional. Once you do that, now you are in the big money. You determine where you work. You determine your hours. You determine all of that. And it is, so one of the things when you look at this, it's a mindset shift. You have to go from thinking like an employee to thinking like a professional. And the moment that mindset shift takes place, that's where I think some of the stuff we're talking about in here becomes applicable to the individual. So just thought it was worth bringing up. So just to stay on the topic of mindset then, so you've mentioned self-awareness and count accountability, I think we can take from that as sure. qualities and characteristics of that mindset that you need to adopt. Are there any other big character traits that you think you really need to focus on to achieve that sort of thing? Yeah, I mean, I, it, I think it always comes back to just the grit, right? What is your long-term goal? What's gonna, what are you working towards, right? You don't want to just be, I'm going through this so I can hit a number or so I can do these trivial things maybe even put in front of you by other people. The biggest thing for mindset is close your eyes. Picture yourself in 30 years from now, 40 years from now, 10 years from now, 20 years. It doesn't matter, right? Picture it. What does it look like? What does that person have? What do they do? What's their family look like? Do they have a family? Where do they live? Like all of that kind of stuff. Just picture that. Take a moment, picture that in your head. And then open your eyes and have a think. Does the behavior I'm doing today lead to that? <laughs> Does what I'm doing right now in this moment lead to that? Look, I can categorically tell you for me, no, it doesn't. And I have to do that. And I have to have that thought occasionally because I have to reset like some of my habits, some of my behaviors, right? Because I do have goals. So that's the biggest mindset shift is this, is who are you in this for? Are you in this just to get by and just to show up? And am I just here? What's the old quote? I'm just here so I don't get fined, like that kind of thing. Or is there something in the future that you would like to have, do or be? And that's the reason why you get up. That's the reason why you do it. And when you do that kind of stuff, it's not a chore anymore about reading the sales book or watching or listening to an amazing podcast like this podcast with you, Joe. Like those things aren't chores anymore. You're motivated to do them. It's a difference between anxiety and anticipation. Anxiety for a phone call because you fear what's going to happen. Anticipation because you're excited for what it's going to mm. bring you and allow for you to do. Just on that, a tiny little tip that I, I heard quite a yeah. while ago was that instead of saying, going to your, to your workplace, oh, I have to make 
X number of phone calls today. If you change that I have to to I get to, yep. and it is exactly that thing. It's changing from anxiety to anticipation. You go to your workplace. I get to make 20 phone calls today. I get to speak to yep. that many people. It's just, yep. just a tiny little language change, and you really can change your entire mindset on something just from a tiny well, change like that. And I think like in sales, that's I think one of the biggest gifts a lot of salespeople overlook is for most it's one of the few professions in the world where like you do have complete control and now salespeople again don't always admit that but that speaks to the accountability yeah you could go run a business right you could if you run a business right you got control of your income this that and the other but like with sales i don't have any of the risk right if my marketing person calls out today so what it doesn't <laughs> impact me if my hr person quits and moves on i don't care none of that impacts me I have all the support all the resources but like I, I can go out and I can build my own business. And I think a lot of salespeople have heard this, be the CEO of your chair. So run it, run your chair like it's your business. From how would you, if it was your business, what would you expect your employees to act like? Act mm -hmm. like that. If it was your business, what type of marketing would you be doing? Well, go do some of that marketing. It, it's free. Most of it's free as long as you don't get into too crazy or aggressive marketing, but you don't have to feed an inbound channel. You just have to get yourself food. So do some marketing. Right? What are the behaviors? What are the things? What are the expectations? Do that. Just do that on a daily basis. And you literally watch your manager stop micromanaging you. They'll go on to the next person that needs it. <laughs> They'll move on to the person that, you know, isn't doing those things. If you want it, like just jump on there and make the change you want. Tyler, it's always fascinating and always entertaining having these conversations with you. So thank you so much for joining me for this B2B sales playbook. If I could ask you for one top tip then, what is the biggest thing to remember for salespeople listening to this when they're considering about being their own sales coach, what's the biggest thing that they should take away from this conversation? Joe, it always comes back to the same thing. I think it's on every podcast you've done. It's on definitely everyone I've been on here. I do think it, the catalyst, the big one is just mindset. That moment you stop thinking as an employee, and you just take the ownership in your own future. If you're going to invest in anything, invest in yourself. So I think once that mindset hits, the rest of it starts filling in because then you're seeking out what areas can I work on? Where can I optimize this? And then you go find the resources. And I do actually think it starts backfilling. So for me is believe in yourself first, believe in your potential, believe in your future, get hyped up about it and watch how your present self will start aligning towards your future self and that will make almost and that'll make an immediate impact tyler witt thank you for joining me for the b2b sales playbook joe appreciate you having me well there you go that was tyler witt on becoming your own sales coach our key takeaways for today then in order to achieve a goal that you set for yourself you need to set a measurable target do the research and do the preparation needed to figure out exactly what that looks like Keep an eye on KPIs such as the number of calls you made, the number of demos you booked, and your close rate. Over time and with more experience, you'll be able to figure out exactly where your weaknesses are. Ask around your sales department to listen in to other sales calls. You never know what tips and tricks you're going to pick up from those, and they can be really valuable. Consume as much content around sales as possible and look for common themes among videos and podcasts to find what's most applicable. Get yourself on YouTube or any podcast app get yourself consuming thanks again to tyler and thank you very much for listening remember to subscribe to the b2b sales playbook wherever you get your podcasts 
and we'll be back next week with another playbook full of tips and tricks for you. We'll see you then.